Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. She punches the air and she crosses that blue finish line. The world champion of 12 months ago who finished second here last time around has won it. The Athletes Village is not a place for fighting. I've never heard that ever in Olympic and Paralympic history. This is Anything But Footy, the Olympic and Paralympic podcast covering the Games all the time rather than once every four years. I'm John. And I'm Michael. And coming up in this episode, five new sports and a few more years for Thomas Bach, the IOC president. Yes, at the 141st International Olympic Committee session in Mumbai, it's been quite the few days for announcements, including the future of the Winter Olympics, but also what they're not saying. Russia have been suspended from the International Olympic Committee, but no timelines or whether athletes could compete as neutrals at Paris 2024 as of now. And stay in touch with us and see what we're all about at any time. You can follow us on social media at Anything But Footy or through the website anythingbutfooty.com. So, as John has mentioned, the 141st International Olympic Committee session is taking place as we record in Mumbai in India. Uh, Maybe a clue there to a future Olympic (laughs) host nation, because we know that the IOC would love to involve India in their dealings. And we'll talk more about that when we discuss new sports in a moment. But firstly, if you can have breaking news on a podcast, let's have some breaking news on a podcast. And that is this proposal for the IOC president, Thomas Buck, to stay on as president of the IOC after his current term ends in 2025. Now, this has been proposed by Algeria's Mustafa Beraf, who's one of the IOC members, who raised the idea during the opening session in Mumbai. The current rules suggest that Thomas Buck should step down after 12 years. You'll recall he was elected initially in Buenos Aires in 2013, was re-elected and should 
by the rules as they stand at the moment, step down, as we said, in 2025. Now, the IOC have got a little bit of a precedence here. They did change their rules to allow one Antonio Samaranch to stay on as president until the age of 80. It had been previously 75. But the bigger picture, as far as the IOC is concerned, for me, two things. Yeah. Perhaps they're not quite the beacon of credibility that they are asking of their National Olympic Committees and the international federations. And is it bad news for Lord Coe, Sebastian Coe? Because we were pretty certain he was anticipating uh, to be lining up as a potential next president of the IOC and a run at that role. And, well, if this is allowed to go through and there's various mechanisms that will need to take place for Thomas Buck to stay on after 2025, it could mean the time has passed uh, for Lord Coe to take on the big job. It is a little bit Donald Trump-esque, isn't it? As in, um, I don't like these uh, fixed-term uh, presidencies, so let's just rewrite the rules and, uh, and, and and I can stay on. It does seem a little strange. I mean, I appreciate that the IOC will all have to vote on it, but as we're about to talk about with the five sports, the executive board approved those last week and they were just rubber-stamped over the weekend by the IOC membership. So one would assume that if... Thomas Bach wants to stay, and as you say, the uh, the three people have put 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 it forward today. And I think uh, Vice President of the IOC John Coates, uh, who's head of the Legal Commission, has said that a written proposal to amend the charter must be submitted thirty days before a session. So they're going to have to get their act together before the next one. But it does seem like, well, I don't like these rules, so I'll just rewrite them. Yeah, it does, and that's what I said. I think one of the two issues for me, apart from you know the future of what will happen to Lord Coe, the other one is, you know, the the IOC asks quite a lot, don't they, of their national Olympic committees? They ask quite a lot of their international federations. We're going to talk more about that with the sport of boxing and what they ask of what they have been asking of the IBA and what they're asking of world boxing, for example. But here, when it suits their own needs, their own desires. It seems like you said they can rewrite their rules and, and make them up as they go along. So They've got previous, is probably the way to say it. So along with the proposals for the IOC President Thomas Bach to extend his tenure as the President of the International Olympic Committee, we've got some new sports coming for Los Angeles, John. Yeah, cricket was last in the Olympics in Paris in 1900. Angleterre beating France at the Velodrome was the famous result. The USA has just had a huge cricket tournament in Texas, so one of the fastest growing sports out there and a wide Indian population as well, of course. Uh, Baseball, softball kind of comes and goes, doesn't it? Lacrosse was last in in 1948 in London, but huge news for the likes of squash. Many often thought it should be there. It's been in the Commonwealth Games. It will be for LA and flag football, which is effectively American football without contact. Now, Olympics President Thomas Bach, we've been talking about him. Uh, He's revealed why these five new sports have been approved. They will showcase uh, iconic American sports to the world, while bringing at the same time international sports to the United States. And Back also explained why cricket is being welcomed into the Olympic family. We have also you know, a growing Indian community in the United States, so that it is very attractive for LA and it's very attractive for the uh, Olympic movement. But what's kind of interesting on this is going to be how they stage this, um, because usually you would have 12 teams 
in an Olympic competition, the likes of football and rugby sevens. But what they've said for all these new sports at the LA, there'll only be a six-team format. Here's Kit McConnell, the IOC's sports director. All of the team sports have been proposed as a six-team tournament, but subject to finalisation at the start of 2025. On the qualification system, no, no detailed discussion regarding that. Those are finalised around 2025 as well. Normally the host country is one of the teams in the uh, in the team sports. And then we look at a balance of global strength and, and uh, regional representation. So, Michael, I suppose the question hearing from Kit McConnell and Thomas Bark is, yes, it's great that all these new sports are coming in. It's vastly bigger than London 2012. I think there's there's nearly a dozen more sports than there were in 2012 for those Olympics in LA. Very much American-based, but with a very big focus on the Asian market as well. Well, first and foremost, great, I think, to have squash finally in the Olympic Games. I can't believe that it's taken this long. few things to say about squash. They've obviously made significant changes to make the sport more television friendly. And we've had terrific squash tournaments at the Commonwealth Games. Again, it will be, as you said there, an attempt to try and engage more people, more viewers, more players in those Asian markets. Also, I think from a squash point of view, uh, they can play squash in imaginative settings. So I've seen squash played in railway stations. I've seen squash played in shopping centres. I've <laughs> seen it played at the Casey Stadium, a, a football stadium in Hull, for example. And I think that's what LA should do. We always know that the Olympics, there's always a standout vista isn't there with every olympic sport and every edition of the olympic games diving in barcelona in 92 for example beach volleyball horse guards parade in london in 2012 paris will have several of them i'm sure and i think squash could be in that kind of imaginative setting in los angeles flag football is a sport where uh, again it's about engaging young people and you know it's hugely popular in in american schools and we've got some time to try and get flag football played in in schools and and get young people involved right across the globe Uh, looking at some of those other sports lacrosse massive in america huge sport in schools for men and women i think traditionally in in the uk we think of lacrosse as being something played by females often in sort of private schools but you know it's a huge sport for for men and women in america big collegiate setup so i can see why we've got that baseball for men softball for women baseball softball again you can see why the u.s audiences want that as long as they get the big players come in but the interesting one is cricket and you know it's it's been well pre-advertised hasn't it that cricket was coming into the olympics but Kit <laughs> how, how many was times saying there with only sort of how many times have we announced it <laughs> several times Several, several. But now we, we know it's official. We've yeah. got some detail there from Kit McConnell that we've got we've got six six teams coming and they want to have kind of a global uh, representation, continental representation. Now, the background to getting cricket in, of course, is, you know, again, to to get the Olympics into markets like India and Pakistan, where you've got huge populations, huge potential audiences, yeah. but not really engaged in the Olympic Games. Certainly the TV revenues are not, you know, what they are are in some of the other big populous markets around the globe. So by bringing cricket in, you think you engage nations like India, but then you've got to get India into the tournament and you've got to get India and Pakistan in the tournament, haven't you? And then you've also got Sri Lanka, you've got Afghanistan who have beaten England at cricket recently. In Oceania, you've got Australia, New Zealand from a Europe point of view. You've got obviously England and Scotland who you hope come together to form Team GB. Ireland, hugely emerging nation in cricket you've got south africa and then in north america the us you would think have to go in 
as hosts, but then you've got all the various nations that make up the West Indies as well. So how do you fit all of those into just six team sports for the Olympic Games? That is a quandary that I'm glad is not my job. They'll have to do it where they have representation from each of the continents and then some kind of world rankings, I think, because you just can't imagine Olympic cricket without an India v Pakistan matchup, can you? No, I don't think you can. And I think the good news is as well, uh, to really clarify, that all these sports will be men and women. And that's been a real big push as well uh, during this IOC commission to make sure that it is equality right throughout the board and right throughout the sports. Let's move on to uh, some more changes to the programme in Los Angeles in 2028. Rowing will have a new discipline. Beach sprint rowing is in. But the light water races on the flat water will be out. Uh, beach sprint rowing then, described as a shorter, fast-paced format of the sport. You basically run from the beach. You row in a coastal setting. So I think it will look great in Los Angeles. Each race lasts just a few minutes. It's already on the schedule for the Youth Olympic Games. So again, you can see what the IOC are doing here. They want something which is going to be a television spectacular that's easy to follow. Lots of quick events. And again, something popular with the youth of the world, to coin that phrase they always use at Olympic closing ceremonies. British Rowing's performance director is Louise Kingsley. She said it's a great opportunity to introduce our sport to a new audience. It allows us to bring together the coastal rowing community with traditional rowing communities to increase the reach of our sport. And there is the opportunity for those lightweight flat water rowers to transition into beach rowing. Um, we've seen it, haven't we, with the way that sailing, for example, has been mixed up ahead of Paris. So you had traditional windsurfing, Emily Wilson of Great Britain winning a bronze in that in Tokyo. But she's now had to go across to the IQ foil, which is seen as a bit more of an exciting discipline of windsurfing, if you like, where the board is actually hovering above the water and you're on some kind of fin underneath it. So, you know, again, that is the reasoning, that is the thinking behind it. Let's rattle through some of the other headlines from the Games and this IOC uh, meeting as well in Mumbai, from the new to the old, because the International Union of Modern Pentathlon has described the decision to back plans for LA 2028, validates an extraordinary team effort over the past 22 months in and out of the sport. Riding is being replaced by the obstacle course as one of five disciplines in the modern pentathlon that there was and of course has been ever present in the games the iodc described it as a critical reform that had to take place so modern pentathlon is at la 2028 i wonder if they have to call it now like super modern or up-to-date pentathlon something like that maybe the status of boxing remains unclear, though. The International Boxing Association, that's the IBA, they're out of the Olympic movement, as we've been hearing if you regularly listen to the podcast. World Boxing is the new organisation, but they're not quite in yet because they've <laughs> not yet got enough global support. In fact, only 16 nations have signed up to World Boxing. The Asian Boxing Confederation have pledged their support to the IBA, not to the new World Boxing at their recent Congress. They voted to remain there until the IOC record recognises world boxing. There's real pressure on the IOC with all these new sports to stick to their, their aim of the 10,500 athletes. So maybe there is one or two sports that they could look to cut. Boxing seems to be a candidate for that, although Thomas Buck has said the IOC does want boxing included and has suggested there could be a special task force set up to organise the competition like they had in Tokyo, like they will have in Paris. Uh, the IBA, you'll recall, got kicked out over various issues involving finances, governance and some credibility of their boxing tournaments with some uh, bizarre decisions by their judges, shall we say.
more kicking out details to come in a moment. But one of the most startling announcements from the IOC and Thomas Back came about the future of the Winter Olympics and a new study looking at the viability of the Games due to rising costs and climate change. They're looking at hosts that don't have to build any of the key venues from now on. And a new report says by 2040, only 10 locations, yet 10 locations across the world would fit the bill. Bark described it as a huge challenge for the movement and also proposed, as such, the 2030 and 2034 hosts will be decided together to give certainty and allow more planning for the future by next year. So by Paris next year, we'll know the hosts for the Winter Games in 2030 and 2034. And to add to that, sliding sports will now be held away from the main centre of the Winter Games, uh, the next Winter Games, that is. Uh, there will be no new track in Cortina d'Ampenso. Uh, it was set to host the bobsleigh, the skeleton and the luge, but they've cited environmental concerns and impacts there, uh, no legacy plan and, of course, the costs as well. And it now looks most likely that the events will be held actually outside of Italy and Innsbruck in Austria is one of the early contenders. So the 2030 and 2034 games, as you said, will be hosted, uh, will be announced as hosts together. Huge challenges for the IOC. Uh, so that will offer them some stability, but climate change is, is something that they, you know, have to be super aware of as far as the Winter Games is concerned. 2030, France, Sweden, Switzerland, suggesting they might bid. Salt Lake City seem to be in the running to host again. They hosted in 2002. Remember Rona Martin winning the curling gold for Great Britain at those games. 2034, it looks like Salt Lake City, the games, the Winter Games will return. But I think we need to return to our plan to build a permanent host for the Winter Olympics because I think without some significant reimagining, I can't see it surviving beyond its centenary, similar to the Commonwealth Games. Yes, as Thomas Back said, some challenges ahead for the Winter Olympics. This is anything but footy. We're going to talk Russia with Team GB's chef de mission, Mark England, about all things Paris 2024 and also why Mandeville should be involved for the lighting of the Paralympic flame. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is anything but footy. Well, the Russian Olympic Committee has now been officially suspended from the IOC for breaking the Olympic Charter after announcing they were now overseeing the sport in some of the territories like Donetsk, currently under the Ukraine Olympic Committee. The ban will last indefinitely, but it doesn't mean that some Russian athletes won't compete at Paris 2024 as neutrals. Here's the IOC spokesman, Mark Adams. It violates the territorial integrity of the NEC of Ukraine as recognised by the IOC in accordance with the Olympic Charter. In view of the above, the IOCEB has decided the Russian Olympic Committee is suspended with immediate effect until further notice. 
Now, we know this follows on, Michael, from the Paralympics partially suspending Russia, the NPC of Russia. Uh, The IPC members voted for that in September. Their ban lasts for two years, but they've already said that some athletes will be competing as neutrals in Paris. And although Mark Adams said there was no timeline, there was no decision on a decision, was his quote, um, on the uh, athletes, the neutral athletes for Russia and Belarusia in Paris... We now think it's even more likely. Yeah, I think we've been heading this way, haven't we, since the start of the summer. Um, And you obviously talked a a lot and wrote a great blog about your reflections, thoughts on the way that uh, athletes from those nations uh, were brought into the All England Club for Wimbledon and the tennis and how it worked. And, you know, I certainly see now that um, I think, as you say, we're going to see athletes, independent athletes, Uh, from those nations competing in Paris as part of the Olympic Games. And uh, I mentioned this as well because we were in the centre of London doing some work for British Sailing um, recently. So we've produced a special edition of our Anything But Footy podcast for British Sailing. Well worth checking it out if you want to meet the first 10 members in seven different sailing classes that have been named by Team GB for the Olympic Games. They are John Gimson and Anna Burnett in the NACRA 17 silver medalist from Tokyo, James Peters and Finn Sterrett in the men's skiff, Freya Black and Saskia Tidy in the women's skiff, Emma Wilson mentioned her already, she's in the IQ foil, Sam Sills is in the men's IQ foil, also Ellie Aldridge in this new Olympic class of kite and Mickey Beckett in the dinghy as well. Whilst we were there at St Pancras Station in London, I asked the Team GB chef de mission Mark England all about Russia's participation in the Games. We've been very consistent, as in the British Olympic Association, has been very consistent in terms of um, the importance of the neutrality of any Belarusian and Russian athletes that, that participate. We've been very clear on that. We've consulted heavily with our athletes and our athletes' commission. We've fed all of our comments through to the IOC, and the IOC have, you know, have, have laid out in fairly strong terms what it means to participate in the Olympic Games and you know that's very well documented so we will support the IOC and the international federations in, in whatever they, they determine you know but we're not um, you, you know we're not, we're not stressing ourselves over that at all. I went to a UK sport briefing recently and they said actually if there are Russian and Belarusian athletes that could from a medal point of view be advantageous to Team GB because (laughs) some of those medals might have gone to other nations in and around the group where Team GB find themselves like France or Japan for example. And Italy and others you know you know fencing and um, and, you know and and, and a number of the other sports is you know but these things have a, a tendency to balance themselves out at the end of the season so we'll see how it you know we'll see how it goes we're very very confident though in in our plans we're confident in the team that we're going to take um i've been fortunate enough to have done a couple of cycles here now and and you know when i look at the quality of performances 12 months out from the games i i think the british public will you know hopefully get behind the team and you know we'll do something quite special next year just finally, I know you've probably already got an eye on LA in 2028. Are you plotting already a Team GB cricket team? Are you speaking to, to British squash, for example? Well, you know, I was in the fortunate position of, um, as you know, heading the um, or leading the, the Team England team at the Birmingham Commonwealth Games. And, and um, we had squash and we had um, cricket, both of which were fantastic. And I did know at the time with cricket, the T20, that the... Um, um, the ICC and the IOC were having a very, very close look at that. So we're delighted that that's in. You know, we've got a very strong 
men's and women's team and, and, and squash, you know, we've got a very, very strong cohort of players as well. So we'll be delighted to, to add them to the portfolio. I'm off to learn the rules of flag football. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think it's that complicated, but, <laughs> but it's a little bit like for those um, listeners who don't know anything about flag football, it's a, it's a kind of tag rugby version of American football. And I think, you know, anything that's going to get, you know, young young boys and girls off their feet participating and, and being active, I think can only be um, can only be good. Thanks for your time. My pleasure, always. So Mark England there, I mean, he was speaking before um, the most recent, uh, we should say that, before the most recent pronouncement from the IOC, but I think we all knew what was down the road. He said, obviously, that they'd spoken to their athletes and their athlete groups, and as long as neutra- neutrality is not compromised, then the British Olympic Association would support the IOC stance. So the IOC have had their big meeting. The IPC have also been having their General Assembly recently in Bahrain, and they've welcomed five new members to what they call their family. It now brings the IPC membership to 208. So the new members are the National Paralympic Committees of Bangladesh and Kosovo. Now, Saudi Arabia, who were previously an MPC, they're now an integrated NOC. So that's a National Olympic Committee, NOC, NPC. So Saudi Arabia going down the route of America, if you like, by joining their Paralympic and their Olympic teams together. Uh, The International Federations of the International Ski and Snowboard Federation and the International Biathlon Union also welcomed into the game. So Bangladesh, the 45th National Paralympic Committee from Asia, Kosovo, uh, the 49th from the European region, and the FIS and the IBU are the 16th and 17th IFs now in the Paralympic family. And also a huge announcement from the Paralympics that Stoke Mandeville, the birthplace of Paralympic sport, will now be where the Paralympic flame will be created ahead of each Paralympic torch relay from the Paris 2024 Paralympic Games onwards. This plan has been devised by the IPC, Paralympics GB and Wheel Power to increase global awareness of the role Stoke Mandeville and Sir Ludwig Gutmann played in the birth and development of the Paralympic movement. It follows, of course, the lighting of the Olympic flame, which is always in Olympia in Greece. They'll probably be less flowy dresses, though, I would I would assume. But on a serious thought, I did think they should involve Mandeville because I remember him from 2012 more than I ever remember Wenlock. And it just it's the perfect name. It's a great I think they need a, a mascot for the light uh, for the flame lighting. Um, so I'd, I'd, I'm looking forward to the return of Mandeville in some shape or form. Uh, but it's great for the Paralympics. They're going to have this historic event every two years. I think I'll allow my thoughts on mascots just to be left hanging in the ether <laughs> on this edition of the podcast. Uh, just before we finish, the IOC back with uh, them. They're exploring plans for the creation of an Olympic eSports Games. It's coming. It's happening. I don't think there's anything we can do about it. Three billion people gaming around the world playing eSports. Majority of those are under the age of 34. These are all reasons we've already covered in this podcast about yes. why the IOC are consistently and continually looking at their programme. They IOC have been engaging with esports now since 2018. There was an esports week, an Olympic esports week earlier on this year. Saw full houses in Singapore. We saw that integration, mixed gender categories as well. And this is why the IOC will be looking at integrating esports into their program. Six million live action views, 50, 75% of them, sorry, aged 13 to 34. Now, if Agenda 2020 and Agenda 2020 plus five, which is the IOC's mantras at the moment, all about tapping into where the audiences are. That's why esports is happening. 
And of course, Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park has been hosting esports as well and, and really pushing that. And Michael's been working on a special podcast that we make for the London Legacy Development Corporation. So watch out for that in the coming weeks on eSports. And for much more this autumn, check out our blogs. Michael mentioned our Russian one. He did a brilliant one about the British sailing team as well, uh, following that announcement at St Pancras. They're all on our website, anythingbutfooty.com. And as ever, you can get in touch at any time. Anything But Footy on social media, including TikTok now as well. We have finally succumbed. Uh, but uh, I don't think there'll be dancing videos of Michael and myself. Maybe not quite yet, anyway. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.